the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. <laughs> That's me. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And we're excited to uh, be in the studio today. And I've got Vicki Saunders on the line. She's the founder of CEO. That's female CEO. <laughs> She's an entrepreneur, award-winning mentor, and advisor to the next generation of changemakers. She has co-founded four companies, including one that went public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And I'm excited to have her in the show to talk about her book, Think Like a CEO. Vicki, are you there? I'm here. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. Listen, I want to um, to thank you first and foremost for writing this book, Think Like a CEO. I've um, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed it on many different levels, and what really struck for me the message of the book um, was just to me was logic. It just seems like somebody out there finally had the courage to write this book empower women, get the message out, shift the paradigm of what women are in business. And so I want to ask you, on your journey of writing the book, what is your story about why you wrote the book and uh, and how you got there? Well, thanks, Chuck. Uh, so I wrote this book largely because I have been out there um, creating a different model uh, of leadership uh, that, that is a bit more feminine-based, I would say. So for many, many years, you know, I've grown up uh, as an entrepreneur over the last 20 years, and the world has changed quite a bit during that time. We started with, uh, you know, you are an entrepreneur to make money, and if you want to do good, you do that on the side as your volunteer effort. And I came into this world uh, wanting some kind of third way up the middle where you do good and make money at the same time. And 20 years ago, that was totally crazy, and now that is exactly what all the millennials want to do. <laughs> and so uh, along the way, I've been sort of pioneering a different model, and I, I realized that I wanted to share my perspective with uh, a lot of people that are coming along. And I've been a mentor to many, many young people who uh, I've been coaching, and I thought, you know, I've been doing this one by one by one, uh, and I think it's time to aggregate together the wisdom that I've picked up from many people over the years and from my experiences and share it more broadly with the world. So why do you think, you mentioned 20 years ago that the world's shifted so much, and it has, but why do you think this message is uh, poignant for millennials now and that the paradigm has started to shift for women, for CEOs, to be out there in the workplace and feel empowered about it? Well, I think one of the things is that, uh, and this is the first chapter of my book, everything is broken, what a great time to be alive. Uh, you know, so when I look out the window, it seems to me that there's almost every aspect of society is breaking down. We have an aging demographic. We have aging infrastructure. People don't want to pay more taxes. We're having this whole challenge globally with climate change, with poverty. And there are lots and lots of things that need new solutions. And we can't keep solving these problems the way that we thought about them before. We have to have new thinking. And so one of the perspectives I have is if you look out there and you see something that isn't really working in the world, 
take it, go tackle it, see if you can find a business model around it, and there's huge opportunities for innovation out there. But I think if we keep thinking in the same model that we used to, uh, you know, which is like eat your neighbor, divide and conquer, <laughs> as opposed to collaborate and connect and find ways to share and leverage, which is a bit more of a feminine concept, uh, I think we're going to have new models if women sort of start stepping up to the table and looking at things a little bit more collectively and collaboratively. And what I was actually going to stay on there is I'm going to take accountability as, as for being a man to jump on that man grenade uh, <laughs> of, of what we do as men to dominate and to uh, get our agenda at all costs and to force our ways like bulls inside of China shops versus what you said, which is connect, which is to understand, which is to collaborate, which is female uh, strong suits, which men don't really generally have, and we're not taught those tools, and they're not really safe for us. So what I really love about your book is, is me as, a, as, as an alpha male, when I'm reading this book, I was just like, you know what, that just makes sense, because I need more tools. And I think for men in general, uh, although your, your, your book, I feel, is amazing for females, I think every female should read this book, and my daughter's five, and when she can read it, we'll, we'll get this into her hands. But I think as a male for me reading this, it just it screams workability. It screams like I have an unfair advantage as a male reading this book because it's chalked with life. It's chalked with understanding and insights of what makes the world workable. So I really want to ask you, in, inside of that, what's the view that you had that this book comes out that says, the female platform is more workable than the male platform, and there's nothing wrong with that. But how do we connect the two? Yeah, so I wouldn't say that the female uh, platform is more connected. I think what I see is we need to integrate more feminine perspectives into our existing leadership model. I agree. And, I, and so there are lots and lots of young men that I uh, mentor who, who call themselves CEOs, right? They think a little bit... No, it, like, don't get me wrong, nothing in this world I think is working for men either. It's, it's definitely not working for women, but I don't think it's working for men either. Like, At who all, wants I agree to be, Who wants to be working 24-7, blowing themselves out, not thinking about what they want, what they need, questioning our finance models. I mean, I know tons and tons of men who think our financing models are broken, too. In the, in the way that we finance companies, we hope that one out of ten works. That's our venture model. So we basically throw 10 Hail Marys and hope to hell that somebody catches one of them and then our model works. Whereas I think if we were looking at this uh, from a different perspective, when I put uh, women in a room and we decide what we're going to do for the funding, it generally gets broken up amongst the different people in the room and they all collaborate to help one another be successful as opposed to scramble to say, I'm the best, I'm the one, and everybody bet on me. It's a very different kind of approach to how you would even... Uh, put money out into the world. I think, you know, the only definition we have of success now is huge. So IPO or go home. <laughs> and I think if we looked at success much more broadly so that many, many more people could succeed, we'd have a different kind of economy and a lot more happiness out there. Okay, so give us some examples inside of your book uh, of how you see that going, where the world is broken, what a great chance for opportunity right now, and discuss some aspects in your book with the audience as well so they get a little more clear on what could be moving forward faster, more efficiently, and more workable. Yeah, so, I mean, as an example, in our, in our CEO cohorts, we have a program uh, that is, uh, brings together 10 ventures and 10 women angels each uh, contribute capital to uh, $5,000 each. There's a $50,000 pool of capital for ventures that are just getting started. And we sit down and we work with these ventures to really identify what is it that you want? How do you want to be financed? What kind of work environment do you want to create? 
what kind of partners do you want to have on your team? And then at the end of the program, the group decides how to, how to deploy the capital themselves, which is very different, right? We're saying to them, you guys are experts. You know each other well. You understand the impact that each of you are trying to create in the world. How would you divide up this capital if you were in charge? Because we really we need new approaches, and we need to experiment with this. And each time we've done this program, we have two parameters that we give to the ventures in the program. One is you can't give it all to, every, to one person. And you can't uh, divide it up evenly. Mm, and it's okay. kind of interesting because they come back and in the first program, everybody got money. And when I pushed back afterwards and said, how can you give everybody money here? There are three ventures that are way ahead of the others from my perspective. And they said, well, what are those three ventures? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you don't know what they are. Uh, it's not about the authority. It's about you guys deciding what kind of world you want to be creating and how you want to support businesses. Um, but why, why did you d- divide it up this way? And they said to me, everybody here is amazing and everybody is going to do something incredible in their life and if it's not this venture right now it will be something else and so we all want to meet with each other once a month support each other hitting our milestones and they spent six hours going through line by line everybody's budget of what they asked for and sharing resources back and forth so you know it was it was a very different approach and in the second group that we did nine out of ten people got money as well so it's this much more let's how do we raise all ships how do we create success so that everybody's working in their expertise and then sharing what, you know, with other people, uh, excess resources that they have in this new sharing economy, which they're just naturally uh, tending towards. And if you look at into the world and look at all these new businesses that are emerging, it's very different. Like the Airbnb is incredibly fascinating where you have all these people who have a resource, their house, uh, with excess capacity, maybe extra rooms, and they rent that out to people who want an experience in a community that's a little different than a hotel worth multi-billion dollars. It's, you know, a few years old and it's disaggregating the whole hotel industry. And then we have the same thing happening in the cars industry and we have the same thing happening in the movie industry. So it just, it feels like there's this whole time to look at it from a new perspective, a more collaborative approach. What kind of world would you want to create if everybody was a winner? Win-win. And I don't mean this in the way that everyone goes, oh, you know, millennials all just want a trophy, no matter what, if they just show up. (laughs) You know, it's it's not about that. Yeah. I mean, I hear that all the time, but it's not about that. It's about, imagine if you could create a world where people were each in their mastery doing what they're amazing at, uh, solving problems that drive them crazy personally, uh, and going out into the world to create it. So I feel like the long tail, as I say in the book, is the female best friend, the CEO's best friend. Because before you needed to have, you know, 10 million customers or 100 million customers to create a business which had the success factor that we only look at big. And now you can have, you can have like a, a thousand customers and have a great business and do really well. There are 4 billion people online. There are tons and tons and tons of businesses that we can have now uh, in this new way of operating that we couldn't have had before. Hmm. I actually want to dabble into that in the second part of the show as well, but you you break up a great point right now. Uh, we'll take a break right now, and we'll be back on the second half. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio, talk-radio.ca, and of course, RTDS. Check them at the neck Disrespect us, no they won't What I need 
Hey, Paul Cavalcante here from the Vinyl Experience Radio Show, Sunday mornings. You provide the bagels and the coffee and the newspaper, and I'll spin the records at 9 a.m. And then an encore at 3 p.m. Missed out? You'll catch the show again at 9 p.m. on Sundays and again at 3 a.m. Monday morning. The Vinyl Experience, 9 and 3. That's all you need to know. Oh, 33, 45, and 78 are important numbers, too, but you get the idea. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. Having a great conversation here about being a CEO. Yes, we've got Vicki Saunders on the line, and she's written a book called Think Like a CEO. And the website is IamASheEO.com. And Vicki, what I want to ask you, uh, starting off in the second part of the show, is uh, I've written a book called Men Don't Get It. And inside of the research, what I've had to do for this book, I've had to interview thousands of women. And my question was, what is it that you want? And I was surprised by the lack of clarity in all the women that I've interviewed inside of what do you want? Um, they have a vision of what they thought they wanted, which was different from what they truly wanted. And in reading your book, you've got so many tools inside of it. You've got so many insights. I love your aspect on self-care uh, for women. But what is it that you feel um, that you want from this book and from the CEO program? Uh, what's your vision? Uh, this is such a great – I love this question, what do you want? Because I feel like it's the question we don't ask people, and it feels like the most important question there is. Right? When you go to school, it's like, who are you and what do you want to create in the world? Absolutely. Um, and so I think if we started there, it would be amazing. And so with CEO, I want a world where people believe that they can go and get what they want, and they can get what they want, but they have to do the personal work first. So part of it is, is inside out. I feel like a lot of the world is outside in. You look out there and you say, these are the hot uh, schools to go to. These are the hot jobs to get. This is the kind of salary to create. And then you define yourself around that context as opposed to going, who are you? What do you love to do? What are you great at? What can you do effortlessly? And then how do you want to take that into the world? So you start with you first, and then you look at the context after. And I think that frees so many more people up. And I spent a lot of my life uh, listening to the external voice first. So I had a company that was doing really well, and then these people came along and said, we'd like to take you public. And a whole bunch of my friends said, don't do that. It's crazy. You're, you're going to get eaten up if you go public. It's not the right model for you. And I'm like, oh, I can make it happen. But I was doing it because that was success. If I did that, then I would have credibility. I would be recognized. Uh, and afterwards, it did sort of eat me up. <laughs> it wasn't the right model to go after. And if I'd really been clear on what I wanted instead of listening to those external voices, uh, I would have it would have been a better situation for me. And so I've had lots of experience following what everybody else does for credibility reasons, and it never worked out for me. And when I really followed my heart and what was great for me, I was really successful. And so I want to get that message out to people that if we just follow what everyone else is doing, we're just going to create more of the same world out there. Yeah. And it's not working for us, so we need to step back and create a new model. And there's this wonderful quote from Buckminster Fuller that says, you can't change the existing reality. You need to create a new reality to make the old reality obsolete. And that's what I'd like to do as CEO. I'd like to get a whole new model out there that allows us to define success on our own terms, to follow our heart, to 
to work on the things that really matter to us and believe that that's going to create a better world overall. And here's the one thing that I'm um, when you're when you're saying this, and I'm reading your book, and I'm I'm reading it through through two different filters. I'm reading it through. Uh, a man's filter of how I've been raised, and then I've got to let that go to the side, and then uh, read on a workability side of this makes sense. And for me, what it sounds like is when you're when you've been when you were writing the book and the context and the the hearing or the listening that I have for the book, it really comes from a totally different model, which is empowerment for women and how to what you said, break away from, you know, past thinking of how things are, how they're just going to give us more broken uh, futures. Inside of that, you have this ability to find the greatness inside of the person and then let them believe that they have it as opposed to listening to outside voices coming inside and saying what you're good at as opposed to what you're really passionate about. Yeah. Well, I just feel like life is so much easier when you're working on stuff that, that you love it's easy for you. Like, I, I, I think the one most crazy thing is it's really hard to know what is our mastery and what we're great at because to us it seems effortless, therefore we think it doesn't matter, right? So I'm like, you know, people say to me, oh, you're so good at networking, and I don't really think I am, but I, have a, I do. I have a huge network, but for me it's effortless. It's just what I do. And so to hear from others that, oh, that's what I'm amazing at, so I've created some workshops around networking, and I get all this positive feedback from people saying, oh, that's that's amazing. That's a perfect tool. I'm going to go use that. But if I hadn't actually asked other people uh, about what I'm good at, I wouldn't have recognized that as something that's, uh, that has a value. And I see a lot of people coming to me looking for something really hard to do. And I'm like, why would you want something hard? <laughs> why wouldn't you want to spend your whole life doing something that is easy for you? Yeah. It totally makes sense. One part I want to start off with is uh, you have, uh, towards the end of the book, you've got a, a chapter called Integration is About Self-Care Too. And there was a highlighter inside of my, my head that was highlighting all these passages in the book. But to me, what it really comes down to is happy worker is a good worker. And, yep. you know, if women have the ability of self-care for themselves, society judges them so harshly. And inside of that, that little hamster wheel in our head starts spinning around of what I'm not, what I should be, what I'm not right now. I'm a horrible person. So can you speak to the audience about what is self-care and how that starts off instead of being a powerful CEO? Yeah. So for me, you know, we keep talking about balance. I have to be in balance. And for me, it's integration is the new balance. And what I mean by that is that it's really important to step back and ask yourself, what's working? What's not working? How would I want to change something to make it work better for me? And how can I step back from uh, this? Like, if you're too busy running on a hamster wheel all the time uh, just to keep up, oftentimes if you don't step back and, and wonder what is working for you and how could you change it and recognize that you have efficacy to change that, uh, you're going to wake up and be like 55 years old and go, what the heck was this all about? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people wait too long for that, as opposed to stepping back and just checking it out all the way through. And we have this new model uh, in, um, in technology called agile development, which is you go and you try something out, you test it in the marketplace quickly, you come back and you iterate. Nobody builds a product for two years like they used to and then put it out to market. People create a quick little fast iteration, test it out, see if anyone's interested, come back to the drawing board and add to it. And I think if we did this more with our life, which is you go out, you have a day in the workplace, and you're like, how was that? Who were the people that made me feel great? Where did I uh, do really well? Where didn't I do well? And then iterate that on a regular basis. 
uh, you're more likely to be more successful, and you're also more likely to understand what works, what kind of environments work for you and what don't, as opposed to, I'm just going to do this career, and I guess, well, I guess I'm not going to be happy, and that's just the way it is, and everyone else isn't happy either, and that's the world we live in. <laughs> and I kind of feel like, uh, no, we can change that. We can switch it around. And so I've got a bunch of tools in the book that uh, give you, a ch- like I do this checklist every week on how am I doing physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And I rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. How am I restoring myself and how am I extending myself? A bunch of tools like this just get you started to pay more attention to what's working for you and what isn't and recognizing that you can make a difference in that. You know, and I wish to God I actually had this book 10 years ago because it would have saved me so much time and effort and emotion and wasted energy of just not knowing who I really was as an entrepreneur or who I was as a human being, for example, and how to recharge my batteries. And I, I, I'm, I'm wondering why in business or in life that we don't have these tools to really take care of ourselves and then let the greatness inside of us flow. Why is that, Vicky? Uh, I'm not exactly sure why this has happened, but I feel like this is obviously why we're doing this work now, Chuck, you and I, (laughs) Uh, and many others. It's never too late. Uh, You know, my mom is, like, redefining part of her life uh, going through this, too. And after she read the book, she came to me and she said, I want to start over again. I want to be a CEO. Uh, I was born 50 years earlier, right? It's just, you know, but it doesn't matter. As soon as you do pick these things up and recognize that you can change it, uh, you can be happier. You can create bigger impact. And so it's all, I think it's all possible. I'm, as they say, wholly positive and optimistic person, but uh, it's because I cultivate that as part of who I want to be in the world. So I love your vision. I love your book. So how is it that we can actually get in supporting you and your vision and getting on your platform, finding you and supporting the platform of being a CEO? We have mixers every month where anybody can sign up and come. So our next one is on August 26th in Toronto, and you can uh, find out about it on our website, imsheosheeo.com. We also um, have a new cohort coming up in the fall, which we'll be announcing on our site. You can join our mailing list. We send out a newsletter regularly so you can see what's happening. Uh, Our big goal uh, this year is to continue to identify uh, CEOs and connect them together. And we'll be offering some workshops. We're going to break down our our big sort of premier program into separate workshops. And those will be available in Toronto and online uh, in the fall. So please stay in touch at imaceo.com. And just before we go uh, to finish the program, I just wanted to give you an opportunity just to thank or acknowledge the people in your life that have gotten you on your path to where you're at and what you're going to achieve and what you've actually already achieved as well. So take a minute right now just to thank or acknowledge anybody that you actually feel that uh, has been part of your journey. Well, thank you, Chuck, for having me on the show. I appreciate that very much. Uh, and to my husband and my family who have just been like phenomenal at supporting this along the way. And I've had a number of incredible mentors uh, including my uncle way back when, who set me on this path, I think. And uh, I want to thank Jane Roos for helping a lot with uh, funding and coordinating and supporting and building events uh, for CEO and all the CEOs that have been in this program, including uh, Abby Slater, who's really helped a lot with the program. So it's a small little list. <laughs> but an important one. And I'm really thankful for meeting you. I'm really thankful for you writing the book. Um, I'm actually going to talk to you off, uh, off air to try and get more books so that way I can go to my events and actually Great. get this word out as well. So if you haven't gotten the book, it's called Think Like a CEO by Vicki Saunders with MJ Ryan. And you can get that book at IamACEO.com. And Vicki, I want to thank you for taking the time out today to speak with us. Thanks, Chuck.
We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. Hi, it's Paul Capricante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time, your times for the vinyl experience. Chuck's world of infinite mojo, 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 mojo. Yeah, we stole that. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Chuck's world of infinite mojo. And I'm just really thankful for having Vicky on the show because I really believe Vicky's book, Think Like a CEO, should be in every school. It really is. It's it's just a fantastic book. If you have the opportunity to go online to imashio.com or go to the mixers, it's highly recommended by me. The energy in the room is fantastic. Uh, there's big, wonderful, important people in that room that are going to do amazing things and that are doing amazing things. And it's just going to be wonderful to be on that ride. So that book's for men and women at school, right? It really is. Just, you know, it's it's to think like a CEO, but just like Vicky said in the in the show, that uh, there's a lot of men who call themselves CEOs, and I'd be proud to call myself a CEO because thinking like a CEO is much more workable than the man-dominated dogma of what business is today. So, really want to thank Vicky Saunders for being on our show today and her book, Think Like a CEO. And, you know, and I think we talked about this a couple of times, but I mean, really to restore the balance where there's true equality between the sexes, men like us need to jump on the bandwagon and make as much noise as we can to get other guys involved so that, that we can sort of put it back in harmony and balance. Absolutely. And this is not a dominant versus dominant society. This is about a collaboration yep. of what works in partnership. And Vicky's view is much more workable than any other view that I've seen. So. Except the locker room, right? <laughs> oh, that's not broken. <laughs> yeah, it's working well. What a great opportunity for opportunity. Why don't you hand those in the next, uh, the next game of shinny you play? <laughs> see how it goes over. See how that goes over like, like a Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Speaking of Led Zeppelin, maybe they'll play us out. We'll catch you right back here next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesnsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.